if you will live by what is in Romans, if you will match your life up to what Romans says, if you will put your faith in what Romans says, if you will listen and apply the guidelines and the rules that are in Romans, I guarantee you, your life will be better for it. I promise you it will be. Does it get a little dry sometimes? Yes, yeah, sometimes it's kind of hard to read after Paul. It's not exciting. It's not fun. But guys, I'm going to tell you something. It is vital. I wonder what our nation would be like if we read Romans. I wonder what our leaders would be like if they read Romans. You see what I'm saying? I wonder what our county officials would be like if they truly put Romans in their hearts and they listened to it and they tried their best to obey it and go by and live by it. I wonder what fathers would be like if they walked, if they read Romans. And when I say read it, I'm not just talking about just let's just run through it real quick. I'm talking about applying it. I wonder what kind of mothers we'd have, what kind of Sunday school teachers we'd have. And I'm not that's I'm just saying in general. What type of preachers or what type of churchgoers we could have, what type of witnesses we could be for the Lord if we would apply what we're gonna read tonight in Romans. And guys, this is it's been it's I have learned some things here. I've had to reread a lot of this stuff five and six times because I'm just it's hard for me to put it together. And a lot of times I come out and I just say, you know what? The verse says what it says. I can't add nothing to it. We're just gonna read what the verse says. You see what I'm saying? So I uh tonight as we read, let's go to let's bow our heads before the Lord and let's ask him to help us. But Lord, we come to you tonight and we ask your help in reading Romans tonight. And we not only just want to read it with our eyes. But we'd like to read it with our hearts, Lord, that we may line our lives up with Romans. And, Lord, that we may not twist or bend any scriptures out of context, but that we may see what you have written. And, Lord, that you give us the power to live by this. Help, let the Holy Spirit help us to live by these guidelines that you put down here. Lord, help us to understand it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's look in. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. I'm going to tell you what, guys. This, might, this, is a, this is a hard chapter right here. This is a hard couple of verses. But boy, is it some good stuff. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. What 13 is saying, this is what I've gotten out of 13 is, you have a choice. Bobby, Ricky, Steve, Teresa, y'all have a choice. We've got a choice. And it's not a choice of salvation. It's not, I have accepted Jesus Christ in my heart. That's, that is wonderful. I'm saved. My name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm very thankful for that. But me and Steve have talked about this, that choosing Jesus is not a one-time thing. It's not a daily thing. It is literally every second of your day choosing Jesus. You have to choose Him all day long. Let me give you some examples. Let me give you some examples. Now the choice is yours. I want to bring that back up. I believe in free will. I absolutely believe in free will. You can do anything you want to do. You can choose any which way you want to choose. This morning, I live down the street from two four-way stops. So there's one, then you go through that one, there's another one down the street from each other. And I hate a four-way stop first thing. I can't stand a four-way stop sign. I can't stand it. I, cannot, I, just, I don't like them, and I don't think anybody else that uses them likes them. I can't stand it. This morning, I pull up this four-way stop, and I'm the next one in line. The first one there leaves first. I'm just, that's just how it is. But this morning, when I pulled up, it was my turn to go, and somebody just zips across. 
Now, I'd like to tell you as a Thursday night Bible study teacher that I just said, love you, buddy. But immediately in my heart, immediately, just anger just grew up and just, I hope that man gets a black tie. I just get it burning. He just, why in the world did he do that? Why did he have to cut me off like that? He knew it was my chance in line. He didn't even stop. He just rolled right through the stoplight. So I was like, don't act like y'all don't do that mess. Don't act like, we don't fix some of y'all's cars. I know how y'all do that. That's the poor Mr. Stretch. I always wish I was him so I could go. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was, I was I was ill. And you know, I feel like the Lord just stopped me there for a second. And I've learned, let me tell you what I've learned. Let me tell you, let me tell you. This scripture came back to my mind. James 1 and 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. My anger does not bring forth God's righteousness. It doesn't do that. And when I stopped and thought about that, this is no lie. This is the Lord I believe in my heart. I, I know this is the Lord in my heart doing this. I prayed for the man. I said, Lord, I hope he gets to work at him now today. I'm not telling you this, but I'm just telling you this. I want you guys to, to, to look at what we're doing, messing with here. Sin was desiring me. I wanted to be mad at this guy. I wanted to be angry. But I tried to listen to the Lord, and I tried to listen to my Bible try to listen to what the Lord's trying to be teaching me here for the last 15 years. And we prayed for the man. I, I prayed for the man right by myself. And I said, Lord, I hope he gets a raise today. I hope he makes it work on time. I hope he blesses his family. And I just, and they say I get to know it. And look, next thing I know, I ain't mad no more. I go to Bojangles and I go on to work. And it's just that simple. But I chose not to do it. <laughs> hey, I got to get in line up there, Jack. That thing feels a big. But just, but just being up, just, just constantly trying to choose the Lord. This morning, I could have started my day off by not choosing the Lord. I could have chose to do what I wanted to do. I could have chose to cuss that man. I could have chose to blow my horn at him. I could have chose to, to give him the bird. You know, I could have chose to do all that kind of stuff. But the Lord inside me helped me to choose Jesus. And I ended up praying for the guy. I would have never prayed for that guy a few months ago, a few years ago. I want to tell you another thing. Be honest with y'all, we're pretty much adults in here. But this past week, just I, I just I won't be honest with you guys. But I feel like that's when people learn, and that's where you can maybe connect to. But a woman will come into the shop, and I'm like, goodness, that woman's good looking. Golly, man, that woman's good looking. And immediately in my heart, immediately, immediately in my heart, I'm married. And the Bible says that if a man lusts after in his heart after a woman, he's committed adultery, just sure enough. I mean, that's just how it is. It don't matter what he's done. If he lusts after in his heart, that's a, that's he's committed adultery. And immediately I said, Lord, help me with this. Get this mess out of my mind. I don't want to think like this. I don't want to think like that. I'm not trying. I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to think about that crap. I don't want that in my heart. Matthew 6 and 23 Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou lovest the things of man and not of God. Get that mess away. Get out of here. Get that, get that crap away from me. I don't want to see that mess. In Jude number 9, verse 9, Michael the archangel did not fight with Satan, but instead he said, the Lord rebukes thee, Satan. Get out. Get away from me. Get, I don't want to think like that on that moment. I don't, I don't want to, to, to be tempted like that. I know where temptation leads. 
Temptation leads to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, leads to death. I don't want that mess around me. Keep that stuff over there. Act like it's COVID. We we treat sin better than we do COVID. You see what I'm saying? If someone's got COVID, we you know try to quarantine, try to stay away from one another, or whatever. Now, Charles, something that really helps me with good-looking women uh, is I say, "Well, yes, she's pretty, but I really feel this way in my heart, and it helps me." And I tell my wife this too, not just for brownie points, but because I'm in it. Because she'll say, "We, she knows there's like we went to the pool." What's her name? Sydney was up there in a bathing suit. I was like, oh, goodness gracious. What in the world? Look at this. I can't look at it. Look at the bathing suit. I'm looking. I'm trying not to look. I was like, but we got in the car. I said, baby. She said, I know you knew she was hot. I know she's hot. I'm a woman. And I was like, yeah, but baby, there's one thing wrong with her. She said, what? I said, she's not eating. And I say that to myself, too. If I'm not with Christy, I see a pretty woman, I say, yes, she's pretty, but she's not Christy. She's just not my wife. There's, you know, and that helps me because, you know, she's not my wife, and that keeps me from going too far in my mind. I know what I know what the Bible says about it. Please gonna start flying. But just is but do not let sin control the way you live. Sin wants to control guys. Sin wants to control the way you live. Sin wants to to, it's almost like quicksand or like a mud almost. It wants to drag you in. It wants to suffocate. It wants to take. It wants to pull. It wants to remove. It wants to destroy. That's what sin does. Sin, that's that's all it is about it is just death. That's all it is. Do not give into sinful desires. Don't, don't mess with that mess. Because what happens is, is when the desire turns into a temptation, and that temptation turns into sin, and sin turns into death, it's, it's a never-ending circle. It's just, like, it's just like rain. When rain falls, it's evaporated, and it goes back in the sky, and then it comes back out as rain again. It just keeps doing a circle. That's exactly what sin does. It keeps entrapping people. And going forever right there. We'll just keep going. We'll just keep on going. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Let's look over here in the King, New King James. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God, because God bought you. God paid a price for you, a high price for you. You belong to Him it is your responsibility to give him a good and useful tool or an instrument that he may use for his glory and his kingdom. You do not get to destroy what God has built. And by putting sin in it, will destroy it in a second. It will destroy it in a second. And here's the best thing about it. The devil's come up with this thing, well, here's a little sin and here's a big sin. Sin is sin is sin is sin. God hates the mess and he ought not have no place in a Christian's life. Get that mess away from you. Don't, don't let your body part, anything you've got, be an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely. I love that. 
devote. That's what Christy was talking about earlier. She was devoting. Devote completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument. Let me, let me start there for a second. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. Let me tell you, let me show you what, believe the Lord just made me put on my heart right then. Let's say, for example, I give you a brand new pickup truck. A brand new pickup truck, and you take that thing out there and you go full wheel in it and you tear it all to pieces, and it's got a check engine light on it, and the exhaust is about to fall out from underneath of it, and you got the tires are hanging off of it, and just, you know, nothing's working on this truck right. And I come and say, Golly, you tore this truck all to pieces. You tore the thing all to pieces. And I give you a, another brand new one. Here's a brand new start. Here's a brand new truck to drive. You wouldn't take it right back through the mud. You know where that's going to end up at. But you as a Christian have a brand new start at life. You've got your old record was completely wiped away. You've got a brand new vessel. Use it to bring glory to our God, not to do the exact same things we were doing with the previous one. We destroyed the previous body. We destroyed our previous lives by running around town and doing the things of the world. We did it. We destroyed that life. God has given you a brand new one that cost him a fortune. Use it to his glory. Use it. Learn from your past mistakes. I remember when I was younger walking in the world that sin would just drag me left and right. And I'd just go because I served sin. Sin was my master. I did whatever I wanted to do. I was my God. And I did whatever I wanted to do. Whatever made me feel better, that's what I did. And it led me to a life of emptiness no joy, no peace, no contentment, just constantly trying to be better than the next person. And it was exhausting. God has given me a brand new one. And I'm not going to treat this one the way I did the first one. I'm not going to mess this up again because I know where that first life led me. I will not do it again. I will study Romans. I don't care how many times I fall asleep trying to understand it or trying my hardest to get it. I'll continue to read it because I know what's in Romans will not lead me down to that first path. Romans is trying to tell me of a different way. And guys, I want you guys to understand. I want you guys to grasp that. We've got a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we can go home sinning? Of course not. Absolutely not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Let's stop right there for just a second. Joshua said, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day. But he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. His mind was made up. His, his mind was made up. But listen, 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 listen to me though. Joshua didn't just speak that. He lived it. Joshua was a mighty warrior and conqueror for God. He fought many battles for the Lord and brought 
a lot of glory and praise to God by Joshua's actions. It wasn't, that's a, I love that saying, I love hearing that word of Joshua saying, I choose to serve the Lord. But he didn't do it with just his lips, he did it with his feet. He did it with his hands. He did it with his congregation. He did it with the people of Israel. He didn't just tell us he chose the Lord, but he proved he chose the Lord in his heart. We could see the evidence in his life. We could see the times that he would go to the Lord and ask him for help. We see over and over again of Joshua's many, many, many miraculous battles when he asked the Lord to hold the sun still. When he, I mean, just when he killed the king of Azag and Azag and all these kings. Travis, it's funny that you bring this up. Last night, late, I was in Joshua, and I was highlighting something for me. When I'm highlighting, I'm, I'm not highlighting for messages to preach to the church. I'm highlighting something that I need. You know, something that, that, that and listen to what it's funny that you said that. I highlighted this last night in Joshua. It said, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. What are you saying tonight? Guys, it is not God's will that we fail. God wants us to be successful in our jobs, in our marriage, in our, our, our raising of our children, God wants us to be successful. He's, he's not a God that wants his children to be failures. But he says, I will give you the book of instruction if you will follow it. And that's why he told Joshua. He said, don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right, stay right on course, meditate on the word day and night. How do you how do you avoid how do you keep from Mingling with sin. All of us know. Now let me tell you something, guys. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. You better understand this. Satan is a lot wiser than you. He's a lot older than you. And he played a lot of games. A lot of games. And all he tries to do to entice us. Uh, you know, my uncle used to say this. And all of our family laughed at him. Literally, they just, oh, you're so crazy. You're so old, oh, you, you know. My, my son was trying to buy him a television. He said, I don't want my television to buy. And my uncle asked him one time, he said, Uncle Bill, what's wrong with you? He said, you need to get up in the, the 20th century here, Bo. Let us get you a television so you can watch your news and stuff. He said, I told you I don't want that blue-eyed calf in my house. <laughs> so we all laughed about it, you know. But, you know, I told Mom the other day, I said, you know what, Mom? Uncle Bill wasn't really as crazy as we know he was. Because Diane Stanton said this one time, I never will forget this. She said, if that thing ain't an idol, if it ain't some kind of God in your own, why does all your chairs work towards? Yeah. And everything's turned towards the TV. And it's a time. It's a time. Yeah, yeah, 
I've let this thing run wild and do whatever I wanted to do, and I've done more than I even wanted to. But that was previously. <clears throat> now, you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Boy, I'm going to tell you what. I, I got to tell you. I am so ashamed of the things I used to do. I'm, I'm going to tell you. This is no lie. The devil will bring this mess back up to me constantly. Constantly remind me of decisions in life that I've made that I was not following the Lord when I made those decisions. He'll constantly remind me of relationships I've ruined before I was living for the Lord. Constantly reminds me of money I've wasted and the time I've wasted. And I will no lie, just crowd, forgive me, Lord. Just, just no, no even, not even thinking about it. I just, I go straight to the Lord about it. I said, Lord, let's move on. That, that mess has been forgiven of. It's been done away with. But it's still good, guys, to know where we came from as Christians so we don't go back there again. It's, it's, uh, it's good to understand that, but that has no power over us. But I'm, I am sure ashamed of some things I've done in my, in my past. Things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves to God. Now you do the things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. Let, let me read that last part again. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So you can choose here, and this is what we get. This is our reward for choosing which way we want to go. If we want to go with sin, that is going to lead to death. But if we choose God, we choose everlasting life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, it's just kind of like a no-brainer. Yes, sir, Jason. Yes, sir. No, that says the free gift because sin's going to cost you. No. <clears throat> what God is offering you is free. But sin, it's going to cost you one way or another. That's like that choosing that right there is I'm walking outside and have my brand new pickup truck and an old beat-up pickup truck. Which one are you going to choose? You know, I mean, that's just a no-brainer. Of course you would choose God. Of course you would choose His righteousness. Let's go over real quick. Let's, end it. Let's go over here real quick, Grace, if you don't mind. Second Chronicles 30. Boy, I've been in Chronicles this week, guys. I'm going to tell you what. That has been a... I forgot how much I love the Old Testament. It just... I can't get enough of it. Second Chronicles 30. Go to verse 8. When Hezekiah became king, he tried to turn Israel, I mean Judah's heart, back to the Lord. He started uh, um, a revival in Judah. He was reading the Bible to folks. He was starting, he was cleaning up the temple. He was doing things that the Lord wanted done. He was reading the laws of Moses, the book of Moses. And Hezekiah had riders. He put people on horses. And they would go from town to town telling people, hey, turn back to the Lord. Come back. Let's, let's look here for a second. Do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and enter his sanctuary with he, which he has sanctified forever. 
and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brethren and your children will be treated with compassion by those who lead, led them captive, so that they may come back to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn his face from you if, I'm sorry, and he will not turn his face. He will not turn his face from you if you'll return to him. So what he's saying is, is, come back to the Lord. Come back to the Lord. Come back to the Lord. So the runners passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, as far as Zebulun. But they laughed at them and mocked them. So people in these towns were mocking these riders that were riding on these horses. They were mocking them. Nevertheless, some from Asha, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Tonight I want to ask you, in Jesus' name, do you know the Lord and what does your relationship look like with Him? Just because you say a prayer, guys, does not mean that you're right with the Lord. It's the way you live. It's what you've got your faith placed into. That's what saves you. It's what you do with the Lord is what saves you. Are you going to be of the one that mocked tonight and laughed at our message and what we're trying to say? Or you be with the ones that humble down and say, Lord, I want you to be my God. And not just my God tonight here at Bible study, but tomorrow when I go to work. When it's hard, when the rubber beats the road, when it's difficult, when the rains and storms come. I want you to be my God then. When I'm on top of the mountaintop, be my God then too. When, I'm, when you've blessed me and I'm, I'm free from my enemies for a few weeks or a few months, be my God then. When I'm in the heat of the battle and I'm having attacks from every side from the devil and it's just going crazy, I want you to be my God then. That's what true Christians say. That's what true men of God and men of women, women of God say. That's what they say. They're not just with the Lord when it's fun. They're not with the Lord when it's easy. But they're with the Lord when it's hard. That's what Christians mean, and that's what he's trying to get you to do tonight is don't mess around with sin. Choose Jesus Christ and the cross. I love you.